You are listening to the PFG Vibecast. I am your co-host, Julie Voigt, and with me as always is Mr. Russell Baxter. Russell, take it away. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 34 of the PFG Vibecast. I am Russell Baxter, joined by my co-founder and friend, Julie Voigt. Julie, how are you this evening? Wonderful. How are you, my friend? Um, terrific. I'm still trying to recover from what I thought was probably the craziest week of this this 100th season, week 10. What happened? That was one of the craziest week I have ever seen. Not only were teams that were leading their division and losing, it was just better off you were on a bye. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to argue with that logic. I mean, we, we saw the first place 49ers lose their first game of the year we, at home. We saw the Saints lose at home. We saw the Cowboys lose at home. We saw the Chiefs fall um, at Tennessee when they looked like they were going to win again and so on. It was, it was a little nutty. But um, I got I to gotta change focuses here. focus here for a minute, Julie, because – as we just said, or as I just said, it's episode number 34. And for people who follow PFG Vibe and we noted underscore PFG and Bax Football Guru on Twitter, and we're big on numbers. And when I hear the number 34, I think of a, a trio of Hall of Fame running backs. But there's one that stands out um, in particular, one that stands out in particular when it comes to you. Number 34 is nearly and dearly close to my heart. And I have a feeling you're speaking about none other than the great Walter Payton. And every time I say his name, it does bring a tear to my eye only because he was one of the first players that I've ever known since I was at least four or five. My dad was a big Bears fan. And of course, living in Chicago, we didn't have. Direct TV Sunday ticket or Red Zone. You had to watch the game that was broadcasted. And of course, the Bears always broadcasting. I grew up watching the Bears with my dad. I remember my dad and my mom constantly going to Bears games in the cold and me being upset because I wasn't able to go. Well, I didn't know what football really was back then. You know, I'm five years old and I would get mad because they would leave me with my brothers. So what would I do? <laughs> I would go in my brother's room and color on the faces of the Honey Bears poster. I remember that. Oh, I was in so much trouble, but I was such a bad child. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I hear Walter Payton. My dad had loved Walter Payton a lot. Um, I remember when he had announced that he was sick, I had just recently had my oldest son. And of course, emotions are everywhere. I cried during his press conference. And knowing that just this past November, you know, it's been pretty much 20 years since he passed. What a player. What a player. And I wish I could have had the chance to meet him. Yeah, 20 years. Um, yeah, I can remember my... Uh being at ESPN that night when, uh, when we got the news and so on. And, uh, you know, I, I, if, if memory serves, uh, still one of only two players in NFL history who is his franchise's leading rusher and leading receiver, which is quite accomplished. And for anybody who got to see Walter Payton play, as physical runners there ever was, but also 
a guy who was pressed in the duty quarterback when the Bears were banged up, and he had his share of touchdown passes throughout his career. I mean, you know, when you think about Chicago and you think about greats, and, and I mean, and, and the Bears franchise is just uh, amazing. You know, only the Packers have won more overall titles, and, uh, you know, they had the big year last year, and, you know, they're kind of, you know, trying to find themselves this year and so on. But, you know, when I think of Chicago, um, I also think of someone else. You know, um, is there anyone else out there who has memories of Chicago and Walter Payton? Oh, gosh, I just love the memories of Walter Payton. Um, gosh, Sweetness just has this, he just had this amazing ability to be able to not only run, but punt, throw the ball, quarterbacking, kicking, whatever that team needed, Sweetness was there. And only the only my my sister from another mother would know what that felt like. I suddenly I, I suddenly I suddenly feel like the light. I'm coming towards the light, and I hear someone talking to me. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I know you were the Bears fan. Don't call me yet. Who's talking to me right now? <laughs> well, Julie, I I would think that you would recognize of, uh, of someone that. Um, I know you've done shows with in the past. Uh, hello, Wanda. How I'm good, Bax. How are you? I'm terrific. <laughs> I'm Thank crying you. right now. Oh, <laughs> oh my Wanda. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How are you doing? I am just, oh, I'm more, than, I'm more than wonderful right now. Goodness gracious, the power of Bax. What are you doing there, sir? <laughs> Well, I mean, I've been, I've been known to pull a surprise or two and so on. And, uh, you know, uh, one and I go back a few years, uh, you know, obviously with NFL female, which became our turf. And we got a chance to meet each other in Canton one year and so on. And a great admirer of her work and her passion. And, um, and you know, when you and I were talking about the show this week and, you know, Chicago came up, I'm thinking, you know, why not? Let's uh, why not? have a little fun. And, um, you know, surprises are wonderful and so on. And uh, we won't get into details, but I remember three of us being on the air about a year or so ago. And That's right. And we had great fun doing that. And so, mm -hmm. and I figured we have a little great fun tonight as well, because besides talking about Walter Payton and the number 34 and so on, uh, I wanted to get both of your thoughts on the Bears. And I bring that up because, mm -hmm. You look at the standings right now. Now I know you know fear, you know officially, okay. Dallas is in first place, okay, because they beat the Eagles head to head. They're both five and four, okay. And um, you know you look at the other divisions in football. Everybody who is in first place in the AFC won the division last year, okay. New England, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City. When you look in the NFC, you have Dallas won the division. New Orleans won the division. They're both in first place. There's two divisions that have someone else at the top, and that would be the NFC North. The Bears won it last year, and now the Packers are in first place. And the NFC West, where we had the Super Bowl team, the Rams, um, won it last year at 13-3, and three, and the Niners. And ironically enough, not only are the Bears and the Rams not in second place, 
they're in third place. So where am I going with all this? Well, guess who plays Sunday night in Los Angeles? The Bears and the Rams. And I was hoping to get both of your takes on what do you think's kind of gone wrong first with the Chicago Bears this year, Julie? I just, when I see them completely different from last season, it really, really breaks my heart because I really thought they could have been just top-notch contenders this year. And I see the struggles. I know just as much as the Bears with, you know, other teams, they have the injuries piling upon them. They had the Trubisky injury bringing in, you know, whoever. I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but it just seems like with the history of these Bears, they always tend to struggle. And they struggle at that time when you're at the high. And there's some times that I just wish that we could just bottle what they had last season and continue it on the streak. Now, granted, I know they've had, you know, a couple coaching changes. Adding Pagano, I, I still think was a genius addition. But, of course, they're not having any defensive problems. I feel that you can just see the inconsistency with – with I just like quarterback issues. I wish we could just flick a wrist and, and a wand and just make, you know, Trubisky what we can really make him see, you know, as, as, as a power quarterback. He's quick, he's fast. But what is going on with him? I really cannot understand it. Um, it's honestly. Perplexing, isn't it? Because we it is. You saw him on the upswing last year. I mean, right. first, first year in the league, uh, he played 12 games, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Last year, Matt Nagy comes in, 24, 12 interceptions. I did a lot of stuff with his legs. Uh, I thought one of his most impressive moments was, I, and I know they lost the playoff game, okay, but late in the game after the Eagles took the lead, he took them right down the field. Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky, yep. as you know, and Wanda notes as well, He's, he, he's not a quarterback who has a great deal of experience in college. Ryan Pace made the move, and he was more of a long-term project. Um, it's hard to compare him to the other guys in his class, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. They had a lot more playing time in college. But there have been times in the first half of games this year against Philadelphia, um, you know, where they spent most of the first half in minus yardage. So what about you, Wanda? What have you seen with the Bears this year that seems to be a little off? Well, I, I definitely the offensive line. The offensive line, they've got, you know, they've got some rookies on there. Um, and, and they changed it up from last year. So making a change, now seeing especially what happened with uh, Detroit's game, switching Cody Whitehair and James Daniels back to their original position from last uh, last season actually was what helped Trubisky. He, he himself had said that he felt comfortable having uh, white hair under center. So um, obviously that was a, a big factor. I think a huge factor too should be the fact that um, even though Trubisky was going through his uh, training wheels, I guess you want to call it from last season and he was doing well, I think um, Nagy should have kept him going in that instead of going you know, 202 as he wanted to go this season, I think he needed to go 102, from 101 to 102. 
and, and write it again, making sure that he knows what he's doing and he's comfortable and so on because this season he was just so uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, in the pocket, not being able to run like he did last uh, last season. And right. he just seemed like he just was so nervous. And I think a lot of it was just being, just letting it just get in his head. He just needed to get out of his head and just play, just play football and, and just be able to do what he knows he can do because we've seen him do it. We know he can do it. He was riding the tails of it last season, and he entered this season having the same issues. Now, the good thing is it's not like the Bears had been blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. None of the games that they played, you know, they, they, I think they were either seven points or less. So, so that's a plus factor, and it's not horrific, but it's horrific when, when you know that they can do better, and, and it just it's just a matter of, uh, Trubisky getting out of it and, and just progressing and doing what he knows he can do because we saw that right at, at just prior to halftime uh, on Sunday he gets that touchdown and then as they come in the the second half you know he goes for two boom boom another uh, two uh, touchdowns and he was going at it so he was starting to get into a rhythm but it seems like the Bears have such a hard time uh, moving forward now another huge problem with them is their tight ends they have no tight ends the tight ends that are playing right now are awful Trey Burton I don't know what has happened to him but he's non-existent he's constantly either uh, on on the uh, do not participate list he's on the pup list he's on something but he's just not playing the game that he knows he can play and and so now you've got different ones, but here comes our Harvard boy, Ben Broniker, who comes up and I've seen him through preseason and he's been just right on. He's caught balls and he's just, you know, been blocking and blocking. Well, now he's getting his chance and I think he's going to be the surprise the rest of the way. I think he's the tight end that that's going to help out Trubisky uh, through the rest of the season. Well, a tight end uh, is important in Matt Nagy's offense. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, correct. I, I, you both brought up excellent points. Um, you know, Julia talked about Pagano and the change and so on. What, here's what's funny about the Bears, and it's, it, there's a lot of season left, okay? You look at the standings, and they're four and five. They're two and right. one in the division, okay? That, that lost to Green Bay aside, they beat Minnesota at home. They beat Detroit at home which is funny because Minnesota is one and two in the division. Okay. So, and yeah. Lions are 0 and three, they have the second best record within the division. So that still leads to opportunities. I think they missed Jordan Howard. I think they missed the physicality of that running game. That was a guy who gave you 250 carries minimum each of the three seasons. He was in Chicago. I thought him and Cohen were a nice thunder and lightning type combination. And so far, right. And you can never count on this. I mean, their defense has still been very, very solid. Although there have been times this year, almost mysteriously, that they can't stop the run. Um, they couldn't stop the Raiders from running. They couldn't stop um, the Eagles from running. Um, you know, they've had some poor games. They couldn't stop the Saints from running. So that was a little mystifying. And, of course, last year they led the league in takeaways. They had 36. I think they have 12 this year. And that makes a big difference in terms um, of a short field. But, again, there's a lot of football left. Um, and they have three more division games left. 
And who knows, who knows what can happen? We see it every year. Teams get off to great starts and start to crumble a little. Teams get off to horrible starts, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. You know, Houston, right. Annapolis, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I, I sent out a thing tonight. The Cowboys, the, the Chiefs, um, the Lions, um, the Rams all got off to great start. And now they're kind of, you know, middle of the pack or below and so on. So interesting. I brought up the Rams also because that's another team that, well, they've already lost more games than they did all of last season, just like the Bears. And, right. uh, you know, and all of a sudden a game where last year, which I thought was the game that really opened people's eyes on a Sunday night in Chicago to what the Bears were capable of by shutting down Jared Goff and that offense in Soldier Field. This is almost a game Sunday night, almost for, I don't want to say playoff survival, because I'd be a hypocrite of what I just said five minutes earlier. Um, but it's right. an important game that, obviously a very, very important game in terms of potential tiebreakers and so on. So it's going to be really interesting to see the Rams who, you know, Wanda, you talked about the Bears offensive line. The, the Rams offensive line is in shambles. And yeah. it doesn't look anything like it did a year ago. And they've got mm -hmm. major injuries on there as well. So. I'm going to jump into a different subject here because it's obviously something um, that's been in the news. Um, the NFL, which is kind of weird, it's almost like a combine in the middle of the year, has scheduled a workout for Colin Kaepernick for all the teams to attend uh, this weekend. Um, Julie, when you saw that, you actually saw it before, um, what was your first thought? Well, at first I was thinking maybe he was hosting his own. Um, which, of course, I know he's done in the past, but then you get the reports that the NFL is is doing this and it's like, wow, um, maybe they're giving him a chance. Um, to me, honestly, let him let him do what he needs to do. Um, granted, he made a mistake. If anybody wants to call it a mistake, I won't get into the politics of anything like that. I'll just leave out out there that. I've seen worse people do a lot worse offensives and get, you know, complete, you know, they, they're, they're, sh they're, they're shunned or they're not, but. Yes. We have a habit, I guess, in society of picking and choosing who. Exactly. And no one's really right. No one's yeah. really wrong. Right. I think he's done whatever he needed to do. I think he's learned. It's been three years since, since he played. Let him show off what he's what he has right now. Again, you know, it's like I told you. Um, we talked about it. The revolving door of quarterbacks this whole season. Oh. Of course, he is going to fit somewhere. It's just whether or not somebody is willing to take him in. Now, I did see earlier. Um, I believe Atlanta's possibly going to this combine. Um, the Dolphins, of course. Um, if he can play still. And he can show these teams that he still has the ability to play. And if they want to sign him, let him do it. If not, if he, who knows? He probably just can't even throw a football. I don't know. Just something ridiculous. At least that will then show everybody, look, he doesn't have the skills. And then the whole thing could be put to rest. Someone's out there that's willing to take the risk with having him again. Let him play. Whatever happens let it happen, 
But again, like I said, with the revolving door open with quarterbacks this whole season, I'm sure he's going to make a fit somewhere. Exactly. What do you think, Wanda? What did, what, what did you think when you saw that? Uh, you know, I was, it was weird because, like, like you said, having like a combine late in the season for Kaepernick just seemed like it was just out of the blue. And it could be for a PR type of situation, but, you know, to, I think that would be pretty bad to have that and, and put up the hopes of a young man who's been waiting um, and practicing and working out in case he gets that shot again to play. You know, he, he was, he was obviously uh, a great player when he was, when he was playing, he got to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, did everything that he needed to do, but he was trying to stand up for what he thought was right. Um, and so if, if this is a game and he's, and he's out there and willing to, um, to help a team win, because ultimately, you know, the NFL, each of these teams want to win a Super Bowl. They all want to win a Super Bowl. So if you've got a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback and there is one available, why not take him? Why not give him a chance, let him play, and it, and then if he sucks, okay, well, then he obviously sucks, and the draft is around the corner, and they can get a, you know, a, a franchise QB that way, but at least give a chance and, and, and give your team a chance to get to that point of a, of a playoff or a Super Bowl run, because he's been there, he's done that, so um, what, what it is the NFL is doing, I'm not sure, and, and I thought it was even surprising that uh, that from what I read today, uh, some of these uh, uh, teams were kind of surprised themselves, didn't mm -hmm. know what to make of, you know, having uh, a workout like that on a Saturday. So you're not even sure what kind of scouts are going to be out there, if it's just PR type of scouts or actual scouts that want to see if he's worth, you know, taking a risk on. So it's really, I, I don't know, it's very interesting to see what, what happens and, and what transpires and what team would actually uh, would actually jump uh, jump the fence and grab him? Well, two things st struck me because a lot has been made about the fact it is on a Saturday and how are coaches going to attend. Um, it is also on a Saturday, which is college. Right. Okay, right. And these scouts are at college football games. Okay. So I find that very, very interesting. I'm going to piggyback off of what Julie said. And Julie talked about, uh, Julie and I talked about this earlier. Uh, you know, the NFL has always been, I, I call them a two-gap league because they read something and react, okay? Well, you know, Brett Favre didn't get the ball in overtime in the NFC Championship game. Let's change the rules. And, you know, the, the Saints, that bad call, let's change the rules, okay? Well, as Julie alluded to, quarterbacks – have been an endangered species this year. Um, we have yeah. already had 16 teams, half the league, start at least two quarterbacks. That happened last year. We've had 51 different starting quarterbacks this year, be it injury, be it benching, whatever you want to call it. Last year, we had 54. Okay. There have been other years we've had more and so on, but there's also seven weeks to go. So who knows what the number is going to look like. And, you know, you see teams, and, and it's also what has happened. We've seen Drew Brees out for a while. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to miss the rest of the season. We've seen Eli Manning benched, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many different examples. And I, I think that's 
a hair part of it, but I agree with what also Wanda said. Is it a publicity stunt? The timing is just awful weird. If you want right. closure on this situation, why now? To me, if you were going to, anything was ever, and I've said this for a couple of years, if anything was ever going to happen with Colin Kaepernick, um, to me, it would be during an off season, okay? When you could, you know, have the right time and, and all that. And he, he comes in to learn your system, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know. Um, I don't, it, it, it's, it's, it's a bad comparison. It kind of reminds me of Terrell Owens making his Hall of Fame speech, not at the Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> it just, right. <laughs> you know, just, it's just kind of weird. Anyway. Um, Wanda, thank you for coming on tonight. I, mean, I am going to get one more question for you, though. Um, sure. We're the question for the room and so on. So it's week 11. Wanda, first, what game intrigued you the most this week? What intrigued me for this week 11? Yeah, what, which game stands out the most? Which, which is the game that you're really curious about? Mm, I, well, I'm hmm, that's a good question. I always come up um, with questions, so. <laughs> well, I mean, shoot. Um, I think, I'm trying to think who, who is Pittsburgh playing this Sunday? Well, they're not. They're playing tomorrow night. They're at Cleveland, which is very, very. Oh, that's right. Right. So um, that, that is actually, I'm actually intrigued with this game and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because um, as I, I was, very surprised and very impressed to see how Mason Rudolph has improved himself going, you know, uh, uh, through, he, he's played very well. And against Baker Mayfield, it's, it's like this, um, it, it's like a king and a pauper thing. <laughs> I can't explain it, but it's, it's, uh, you know, Mayfield trying to prove that he was worth, all the all the chatter and the talk and he's going to save Cleveland and it hasn't been as as good as it, ha it has been and it could be you know Freddie Kitchens in the way that he's that he's play calling but um uh to see how Mason Rudolph takes and see how the Steelers would go ahead and 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 play against the Browns this will be interesting to see how well Rudolph does against a a good defense so It'll be interesting to see how that works. I'm kind of excited. I'm never excited to watch uh, normally a Browns game, but I think this would be uh, an interesting <laughs> game to watch. Um, and I and I am going to be very intrigued to watch the Bears and the Rams play, um, only to see where where um, if it's going to be exciting and and better than it was last year when they played. It was pretty boring in the first half. There was the defenses were all like you know, doing what they needed to do. Uh, Trubisky was not a good game whatsoever that he played against uh, the Rams. And so it'll be interesting to see if he actually can uh, play, stay upright, if they run the ball, if they, you know, what they do in, in, in the past. Um, I'm not very concerned with Jalen Ramsey because he has been more talk than action as of late. So It'll be interesting to see, you know, and, and I even found this out reading this today that Alan Robinson and Jalen Ramsey were very good friends and they were in college together. So they know each other very well. And so Robinson had said, yeah, you know, Jalen, uh, he likes to talk. He talks a lot. 
he goes, but I already know all about that. So he can sit there and chatter all he wants, but Robinson's going to be ready to play. So if Trubisky takes the chance, throws the ball, does what he needs to do, they, they stick with, with the run, the, the Bears can have a really good game against the Rams, and I really want to see that happening Sunday night. Julie, week 11. Of course, it would be not intriguing if I did not pick an AFC South game. <laughs> and no, it is not the Colts versus Jags. It is actually the Texans versus Ravens. You have the Texans Ooh. coming off the bye week. You have the Ravens coming in and, and just showing their dominance, especially after last week's game. Um, Texans offensive line. We have to watch out after them. Can, can they actually stay atop the AFC South right now? Of course, we have the Colts versus Jags. Jacoby, fingers crossed, will come back. And we also have Nick Foles coming back as quarterback for the Jags. And I've said it I, countless times. Do not count Jags out of anything. So I want to say the Texans game, but of course you have to watch out. Jags, Colts, they're all at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna. It, it's um, it's uh, that AFC South. The last two years has been. I, I have referred to it as the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, in in two thousand in two thousand seventeen, and then two thousand eighteen, it completely flipped from one mm -hmm. two three four to four three two one. Um, by the way, my is the New England Patriots heading down to Philadelphia. Um, and now they get to take on the Eagles without Nick Foles, obviously. Um, but a couple weeks ago, we saw the Patriots beat the Browns. And yes, they beat them by 14. But one thing they didn't do was stop the run. And that really reared its ugly head in the loss to Baltimore. Um, the Patriots have 27 takeaways. Their secondary is outstanding. But that run defense concerns me. And the next three yeah. weeks, they're going to play three teams that know how to play power football at Philadelphia, home for the Cowboys, and at Houston. And if you haven't watched Houston lately, it's their running attack is not a running back in Deshaun Watson anymore. It is a very physical Carlos Hyde. It is a very physical yeah. Duke Johnson who can actually catch. They are more of a legitimate running team than just, a you know, like Buffalo last year had Josh Allen led the team in rushing. I'm going to be curious to see how that defensive front um, of uh, the Patriots it, it, it holds up. And meanwhile, and it sounds weird to say, can the Patriots stop making mistakes that wind up costing them touchdowns? Um, they played nine games this year. And their defense and special, I mean, say their offense and special teams have given up four touchdowns. Okay. Brady's had fumble returns. We've seen pick sixes bad special teams, goofs uh, and stuff like that. Why do I bring that up? The previous three years, the Patriots played 57 games, 48 in the regular season and nine in the postseason. They gave up four return touchdowns. So they've gone from four return touchdowns in 57 games to four in nine games this year. And their offense isn't what it has been in recent years. So I find that game very, very intriguing. And I also find the fact that I managed to catch my co-founder completely off guard tonight um, 
And that to me is incredibly intriguing. Um, <laughs> tonight and surprise us both, or at least surprise uh, Julie. And Wanda, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight and talking to little bears and little NFL. I appreciate you asking me on your show. You know, I just have mad respect for you back. And I just love talking to Jules because she's my girl. So um, I, I just, I think it was great. And it was such a pleasure to be able to surprise you. Oh my goodness, my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Wanda, part of this conversation. So. Well, you know what? Wanda is more than welcome anytime. <laughs> oh, good. I love talking football. Okay, well, Wanda, what are you doing next week? Jot um, <laughs> <laughs> <Drop> me down. <laughs> well, again, Wanda, thanks so much for coming on tonight. We, we both really appreciate it. Um, it was fun. It brought back good memories and so on. And uh, I'll be watching that Sunday night game as well. A very, very intriguing matchup about two teams that um, not having the years, a lot of people thought they would. Yep, this is true. Let's see. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Hope it's a good game. You got it. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to our latest episode of the PFG Vibecast. Um, I'm Russell Baxter. Uh, Julie Voigt is the co-founder. And by the way, if you did not catch Julie's piece, uh, the latest piece she did for uh, SI Pro Football Guru on Adam Benetieri, um, terrific work, as usual, Julie, um, about the NFL's all-time scoring leader kind of having a gettable year. But um, are the Colts' recent issues uh, his fault? Uh, you know, Julie's a team player. So that should give you an idea what the piece is all about. So, um, Julie, thanks very much um, for being a good sport tonight. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, my friend, anytime. Well, for Julie noted underscore PFG, for Bax Football Guru, and for PFG Vibe, thanks so very much for listening to the latest episode, number 34, number Walter Payton. Um, of the PFG podcast, and we'll catch you down the road. Good night, everyone.